Hey everybody, this is ETS on the Grid. I'm your host, Dylan Lockwood. Calling in today is my co-host, Aaron Hardick. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing well, Dylan. I've been on the road for the past few weeks, so it's good to be back on the podcast, and I'm really excited about the conversation we're going to have today. I was actually in the area of the National Renewable Energy Laboratory, so I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. Yes, that yes, that lead that you just buried is that we have on the show Debbie Brote Giles, who is the Data Science and Innovation Group Manager at the National Renewable Energy Laboratory in Denver. Debbie, good to have you on. How are you doing today? Hi, thank you, and thank you for having me on. I'm very excited uh, to be on today. Yeah, so I'm at the National Renewable Energy Lab, like you said, um, just outside of Denver in Golden, Colorado, uh, where we do a lot of renewable energy research and. Um, we're managing um, these wonderful prize competitions. So I'm really happy to be here today. So yeah, NREL has put together the American Made Challenges, they're called, and our company Z Prime is getting involved with the solar challenge specifically. So for those who don't know, what what are the American Made Challenges and what is the solar challenge specifically like? Yeah, so um, the American Made Challenges are really, they were really developed um, to help uh, re uh, invigorate solar um, manufacturing and other manufacturing um, in the United States. Um, so we've been doing these prize challenges for the last two years, basically. And um, the first one out of the gate was was the solar prize. And that one specifically is a $3 million prize competition. Um, that's really, like I said, geared towards rejuvenating solar manufacturing here in the U.S. So um, we are looking for um, really innovative, innovative solutions um, that really span all things related to solar. So it's, we're not looking for really thing, anything in particular. So it's not just solar panels or uh, PV modules or cells. It's really anything that can really transform the marketplace. Um, and then, of course, we really love um, solutions that really help uh, bring manufacturing back to the U.S. So that, that's always on our mind as well. But it's really open to anything. So that could include software solutions as well. And then if you think about the bigger, broader um, American-made challenge umbrella, that's really all about all different kinds of prizes and all different kinds of domains. So we actually have other prizes um, out there as well. So we have like battery recycling prize, a battery recycling prize, and we have several water prizes for like desalinization. So we have a ton of prizes out there. So um, there's probably something, a little something for everybody. Every kind of entrepreneur can kind of probably find something that's interesting to them on, on the American Made Challenges website. Debbie, you just talked about how you really are looking at you know, a broad range of you know, solutions for the solar uh, for the solar challenge, and just briefly said that you know really any type of entrepreneurs, but maybe you can talk a little more about what kind of candidates you look for at the event. Are y'all looking to attract developers and entre- entrepreneurs from outside the industry to bring? you know, their talents to help solve modern energy challenges? Or are you more so looking to give smaller innovators who are already in the space a chance for funds and access to partners and labs to elevate their solutions? Or maybe it's a mixture of both. What What are those kind of candidates you're looking for? So that's a really great question because really, it's like I said, it's wide open. So we are looking for um, maybe that innovator that's been working out of their home or in their garage and they, they love tinkering around and they have something possibly to offer the solar industry, um, but they just didn't know how to get in to break into the industry. And then on the other hand, we're also looking for folks that have been in the industry for a really long time. Uh, there are even potentially large companies that are in the solar industry and maybe they have some new amazing innovation that's just kind of been on the shelf for a while and they haven't had a chance to um, you know, really bring it to market. So that's what this is all about. It's just trying to drive innovation from, you know, the small entrepreneur um, to the larger company. And honestly, we would love to get more people into the solar industry who has ne- who have never been in the industry before. So um, actually for round two, it's fun. We have, um, we have an artist actually who kind of thought that solar was not very attractive. And so um, this person's trying to make solar more attractive so we could put it on our buildings and in our gardens and in our parks. Um, so that's really interesting. Um, from round one, we had our two big winners from round one. Um, one of them was um, doing factory installed solar for manufactured homes, which is really great and practical where, you know, as soon as those manufactured homes are rolling off the assembly line, 
Um, they already have solar on installed on them. And then another one, um, Solar Inventions, they were um, doing a, a kind of some breakthrough PV cell and module architecture that's never really been done before. Um, so it's kind of all over the board, um, uh, what we're looking for. And that's kind of the beautiful thing is we're not really, we don't have expectations as to what we're going to see. Uh, and we don't just want to see solar panels or solar, um, you know, PV modules. We want to see um, the next the next big ideas um, that maybe somebody, we haven't even thought about that before. I want to ask a quick follow-up question to that, and I, because I think it's important to bring in outside perspectives to the industry, people who formerly you know, don't know the challenges associated with solar you know, in the past five years. How do you, why is it important to bring in these diverse perspectives? Can you talk about why NREL is interested in that? You mentioned the artist, and I think that's you know, very interesting, somebody who thinks about the way um, solar is perceived by consumers. Why was it important for you guys to try to you'll find these diverse perspectives and hopefully, you know, get them into the American Made Challenge. Yeah, I think that this challenge, especially this prize structure, really allows for that, right? For that innovation, we're able to kind of reward people for the work that they've done or for the idea that they have. And we don't know if these ideas are going to work, right? That's kind of the exciting part. Like, we, we look at these um, submissions that we get and we're hopeful that some of these things will work. And we, but we don't know. And so um, what this prize program does, it really helps accelerate these ideas. So I love these people bringing in these new perspectives or like the artists bringing in a totally different perspective to, to the solar world um, or all of our comp, uh, competitors doing so. And then we give them prize money that kind of helps um, them uh, launch the next part of their big idea. So the prize program it actually is a three-phase competition. So we get those folks to give us a submission in the beginning that really talks about their idea. They um, really have develop a really great business plan. They tell us what that um, innovative idea is. And in some cases, they already have a prototype that they've been working on, but it just hasn't um, been completed or it just hasn't been adopted fully. Um, in other cases, it could be a hand drawing or a um, cat drawing that they um, that they submit, and it's truly a very, very rough idea, but it's something that's totally innovative and new that's, that's different that we haven't thought of. The solar industry in general have, has not thought of in, in a long time. So, uh, and then they get uh, $50,000 in that first round, and then they get to use that money to kind of accelerate their prototyping. So we connect them with this wonderful national network of people and they get to work with national laboratories and they get to work with um, the, the rest of our network people like C-Prime, right? So you guys are a connector in our organization um, as well as a bunch of other connectors that are out there. So we are connecting these folks to maker spaces and other prototyping facilities that can help them uh, really build up that prototype. And then if they win the next phase, which is the set competition, then they get $100,000 plus vouchers to use at a national lab. And then they take that idea and they you know, keep going and they keep creating um, their prototype and building on it. And then they also get to build um, a partnership with a pilot partner. And so then they get to win uh, big money, which is $500,000 um, at the GO contest. And then uh, they get to uh, get more uh, vouchers to work at the national labs as well. So um, anyway, it's this, wonderful kind of process to kind of seed these ideas and give these entrepreneurs who um, who are, you know, maybe brand new to the industry, they haven't been able to work in the industry before, they haven't refined their prototype, but this prize program really gives them um, the, the ramp really to kind of accelerate that innovation and get connected to industry. So we're excited about that. So just to recap quickly some of the, you know, the benefits Obviously, $50,000 is great for a startup, but the other thing they, they get is, you know, access to this network and then um, more exposure to opportunities with national labs and then maybe even the potential for even more prize money. So there's, there is a lot more going on than really just that, that $50,000 um, for the startup. So I think that's a really important part of the competition. Yep, definitely. I, I, I can't overstate that. Like the connection that we're making for these teams to um, to the national lab system and to the connectors that are in our network 
are really invaluable. And we are very happy that Z Prime is part of that. Um, and um, for the rest of the listeners, um, you know, that's wide open, really. If you are um, a facility that um, is willing to help our teams or help with our prototypes or things like that, um, they, you know, you could go to AmericanMadeChallenges.org and sign up as a connector or as a competitor. Uh, both are open, um, and it's uh, as even as a connector, there's also incentives to help our teams. So we have sort of an um, an award or incentive structure in place to help. If a if a connector is helping one of our teams succeed and a team wins, then a connector actually gets some prize money as well, which is really exciting and kind of gives them the incentive to, to help our teams. Um, and then these vouchers that can be used at our national labs is really just invaluable because, you know, these entrepreneurs don't really have exposure to many of our national labs and our um, staff and our facilities. It's kind of daunting, I would think, to um, think about contracting with a national lab like NREL um, or Sandia or PNNL. And we have a mechanism in place that allows these teams to get connected and use um, equipment that's at our labs, it's state-of-the-art equipment, and now these teams get access to that state-of-the-art equipment as well. So we've covered why this is good for NREL, why this is good for the competitors, but uh, kind of taking a a step back, you know, NREL and the Department of Energy have a massive platform, and, you know, people pay attention to what you guys do. So what should an industry insider be, be looking for when, when checking out coverage of this competition? Or, or maybe phrased another way, what are you trying to broadcast with the American Made Solar Challenge? Yeah, I think what we're trying to broadcast in general at the highest level is that solar is important. And I think there's still a lot of innovation that can um, be happening in the solar world. The cost of solar has come down significantly over the last several years. but um, but we're not done yet, right? Like this, the solar innovation is still out there, especially in the area of manufacturing. So we would love to see some of our, um, you know, our factories that have been manufacturing other things, um, maybe have solar right by its side in, in the same manufacturing facility. Or we'd love to see new manufacturing facilities um, pop up and start creating some amazing um, solar products. So I think in general, that's our big, broadcast is we want to continue to improve solar innovation and I think we can do that um, in a lot of different ways and especially in the manufacturing uh, world um, and then um, we just want to help support our entrepreneurs and, and and innovators and I think the other thing that this prize does really really well is it starts opening new doors for the innovators who are interested in working with um, like I said with the national labs and with this network this network is really proving to be really, really powerful for more than just prizes. Um, it is just this um, really nice um, network of connections and um, access to maker spaces and access to prototyping facilities that is, we are noticing is really helping um, our teams. And the more teams that go through our program, the more we are excited about giving them access to um, these services, these staff, these this equipment that they have not had access to before. Um, we're also doing pretty cool, innovative ways of um, trying to do these vouchers. And um, it's not really uh, contracting, but we have something called a CRADA, so a Cooperative Research and uh, uh, Development Agreement at the lab system. And we are trying to streamline that CRADA system to make the process much smoother and much, much faster. So typically, you know, working with a national lab, if you were going to come and want to contract with us, um, I'm sure it could happen, but it just takes time, right? It just takes a little bit of time on both sides. And with this uh, program, we're trying to streamline access to the national labs as fast as we possibly can, um, which I think is uh, really exciting. What it was sort of the the starting point for coming up with the ideas for these challenges? Uh, what was the what did it start at a point that we want to build this network and how do we go about doing that? Or was there something you, you guys saw that you felt uh, bringing this out would uh, be able to be able to help, be able to help move the needle in some way. What, what, uh, what was sort of the inciting thought process to, to getting this, to getting this ball rolling? Yeah, so, well, two years ago, like I mentioned, is when we kind of started getting the ball rolling, 
And um, around two years ago was when uh, we were also starting to think about tariffs on uh, putting on our uh, tariffs on our um, solar panel um, imports. And so I think, honestly, that was some of our first thought process is, um, once again, really, really focused on manufacturing and trying to bring manufacturing back into the United States. And so really, that's um, how it started. Um, we were working NREL was working directly with um, the Solar Energy Technologies Office at DOE, um, and a team of folks at NREL and DOE um, really brainstormed and brought uh, this idea of the solar price uh, together. And we did it quite quickly. Um, uh, about two years ago, we um, uh, brought this idea together. We worked on the website, the branding, and everything like that quite quickly. And it was something that we were excited about, and we pitched to the administration back in the day, um, about two years ago, and um, they were really excited about this idea of prizes for a couple of reasons. Um, it um, really helps, I think, um, innovate um, uh, the innovations as quickly as possible. It provides access to the labs that we've already talked about, um, and it really helps accelerate the way that we can get funding out to our entrepreneurs and investors into industry. Um, so it's a really great way um, for the federal government to kind of accelerate the way that they work with um, industry. Lots of times the Department of Energy will issue like a FOA, right? So it's a funding opportunity announcement. And this is a wide open opportunity that any innovator um, could uh, pitch an idea for and try to, try to get a FOA or a grant or something like that to the federal government. But that typically takes time. So those, those um, kinds of programs are great, and they are also able to get money out into the hands of our um, entrepreneurs and, and uh, industry. But in general, they take a lot more time. You have to kind of put together a proposal, um, you know, go through that process, get it reviewed, um, and then there's back and forth negotiation. And then finally, you might get a contract, and then you start doing work, and then the government will pay you for the work that you do. But in this case, with a prize, we really flip that on its head and we really make um, the innovations happen much more quickly. So with a prize, we actually, these innovators, they're out there, they're already doing amazing things. So they're already innovating and then they submit their submission and then we give them prize money based on what amazing things they've already done. So it's just, it's just a totally new way of doing um, of doing this and we're really kind of excited about it because rather than going through that big long negotiation process and putting together these contracts, prizes are actually, like I said, terminated on their head and having these on, uh, entrepreneurs and innovators work really hard, do amazing um, work ahead of time and then we reward them with a prize for the work that they already did and accomplished. Um, so yeah, it's a really it's a really new interesting way of doing things um, but we think it's we're really excited because we can get money in the hands of our um, industry partners and, and in, um, entrepreneurs a lot more quickly and it's based on really the work that they've already successfully completed and then we also hope that it's like seed money that will help them take it take it to the next level and the next level and the next level so Debbie, you've talked about you know some of the the challenges in manufacturing, and then you just talked about some of the challenges related to access to resources to even be innovative. And then even when you do respond to some of these calls for innovation, it can be these long, you know, long processes and take a long time to get some of these pilots off the ground. But I, was wondering if for our listeners, you could talk a little bit more about what NREL views as some of the top challenges, particularly in the solar industry like right now. What are some of those areas that these entrepreneurs are looking at because those are the areas that they think need the most help within the solar industry right now? Yeah, good question. I mean, I think it's hard to put um, a very um, you know, pointed pinpoint on um, the exact things that need to be improved. But um, I think there's, it's still wide open, I think, on cell and module improvements. Um, we are definitely excited about anybody who can come uh, with even, you know, more efficient, more um, 
uh, improved uh, modules. We definitely are also still excited about the process, the whole process, the whole manufacturing process of of PV. Um, there's really interesting things out there right now with perovskites, so we're interested about in that. Um, I think like potentially in the future, something we don't think about often is wearables. Like, um, you know, what would that look like um, if we, you know, for um, disaster recovery, for example. Um, so. I think I just blended two things here, but so there's disaster recovery. When a big um, hurricane or tornado comes through a town, how can we bring that town um, up the most efficient way? I think we're always interested in things like that. And then going back to the wearables, um, both both for, um, you know, just personal use and then also um, uh, uh, potentially use for defense, I think is very interesting as well. Um, uh, so I think there's a lot of, Things. And I mean, I just kind of rushed on a couple of those, but I think um, there's, there's opportunities in, in all of those spaces, plus plus things that I, I'm not even thinking of now. And that's going back to the point where we want to keep it as open as possible. We definitely have thought sometimes about um, trying to narrow our focus, um, but we every time when we do that, we want to um, open it back up and say, no, 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 we don't want to restrict anything. Um, oh, and then one other thing that I um, didn't mention that I think uh, most of your listeners definitely know as well is um, uh, storage, right? So solar plus storage options are um, are very important, I think, as well to make solar um, something that's adoptable um, by everyone. So I think um, the areas of, so- of storage actually is an area that we are interested in as well. Um, and that's uh, walking the fine line because, um, you know, if, if someone gives us just a plain, you know, battery um, innovation. Uh, we definitely do want them to tie it to solar. So in some way, if um, anything that's tied to solar directly, I think we're, we're definitely interested in. So if, if you're going into the competition and you're in it to win it, what, uh, what, do, you, what do you like to look for in a winning pitch? Pitches are um, all over the board, but um, so in the first, so this, like I t- said, the competition is ready, set, and go. So there's three phases of the competition. For the ready phase, it's actually a really light lift. You just have to answer um, five simple questions um, and put together a really um, nice, simple video. You could do it on your phone even. Um, And really what we're looking for in the ready phase is, what is that great idea? Tell us the details about your idea, why it's so important to the solar industry, how, if you are successful, it will transform the solar industry. Um, and uh, in your video pitch and in your written materials, just let us know, you know, what your plan is and, and, and how you think you're going to be successful. So it's pretty easy for the ready phase. When it comes to the set phase, um, that is when you also have a written proposal and, and, and a video as well. But that's when you, the competitors get a chance, a chance to be on stage and they get to do a real live pitch. So um, when the competitors get to that point, we definitely work with all of the different teams to get them prepared for that because some of these um, entrepreneurs have never really done a pitch like that on stage. Um, we do have an expert panel of reviewers that come, and we have a big audience usually of folks that are watching the pitches. So it's a really exciting time for them to show us what they've done over the course of the competition to that date. So this basically they get to come, and there's this big demo day, and um, it's really exciting. At that point, we really are looking for a really crisp pitch. So we want to know, you know, you already told us that you had a great idea. That's why you're even in the competition. But now we want to know what you have done from the beginning of the competition to that demo day point. We want to see that you've made advancements, that you've made an effort to uh, create some pilot partners, um, we want to know that you're reaching out to people. We want to know that they're utilizing our network. Once again, the network's really important. So in every phase, if these competitors can reach out directly to our network and get a connector to help them, um, that is wonderful because we know that the, the connector is then going to help the team um, try to do the best job they can in, in their submission or their pitch on stage. Um, so, and if the team puts down the connector's name in their submission package, like I said, this, the connector gets paid for that as well. Anyway, so it's a, it's, a, it's a really, it's a win-win for everybody when people kind of work together. So I think, it, to be honest, um, that's what we're, 
looking for is folks that are excited, they have a good idea, they have a plan to move that idea forward, and they've actually done that um, substantially in the amount of time that they've been in the competition. And whenever they can reach out to our connector network and utilize the resources that are part of that network, um, that's always to their advantage, I think. Um, and then also just kind of looking to the future. You know, we don't want people to just come to the set demo day, give us their great pitch, and then um, look like they're going to stop. <laughs> we want them to look like they're going to continue on and build a strong business out of this because at the end of the day, that's what we're looking for is the next big innovation that can actually turn into a business, which actually can turn into jobs for um, U.S. citizens as well. So, um, so at a high level, that's what we're looking for. Um, but like I said, I'm usually not the judge. Uh, we usually have this wonderful um, panel of expert reviewers, and the Department of Energy is our always the final um, judge. Um, but, um, but that's been my experience so far, uh, and that's what I, I, I enjoy seeing, and I know um, DOE enjoys seeing as well. Round one and round two have already have already taken place, but uh, people I, people can still sign up for round three. Uh, how can they do that? Yeah, thank you for asking that. <laughs> um, yeah, round one uh, is final, so we've um, awarded all of the teams, um, and that one is now officially closed out. Round two, we are actually in the middle of, so we actually have 20 teams that are actually still competing in round two, which is great. So they're still um, advancing their ideas and working with the network. And then round three is open to new competitors. So the exciting thing is it's open now to new competitors. Uh, we are accepting submissions for the ready contest all the way through December 10th. And I know it's really, uh, you know, it's right around um, the Thanksgiving holiday time. But um, I would definitely encourage any of your listeners who, um, you know, think you might have an idea that might be interesting related to solar, please go ahead and submit it because um, we are, we're just so excited to see all of the ideas that come through and you never know, uh, you could be a winner. So, um, yeah, so basically go to AmericanMadeChallenges.org. That's the umbrella site for all of the American Made Challenges. So there you will learn about all the other challenges that are going on as well. Um, but specifically, if you would like to apply for the Solar Prize Round 3, just go there, look for the Round 3 entrance point, and you click on Solar Prize Round 3. You can get in there. You can learn about all the rules. And then there will be a button that says uh, Join the Challenge or I'm Up for the Challenge. And so click that button, and then that will take you to a platform that we call um, – it's our Hero X platform, which is really the prize submission area. So that's where you can um, – Put your submission in. Um, you know, learn about all the all of the details of what you need to do um, for your submission. Um, that's where um, our judging process happens directly on that platform. Um, so it should be a pretty simple list. Like I said, you just have to answer five simple questions and do a little video, which hopefully is not hard. Um, people can do it on their cell phones or their computers. And um, yeah, I would love to see a lot of submissions. Um, come out of this. And uh, when is the deadline for that for signups? Yep, it's December 10th. And so that's the very, very last day to put your um, submission in. But I definitely would encourage um, folks to put it in a little early just to make sure that everything is working right. And if you guys have any questions at all, um, you can send a note to um, challenge at nrel.gov. And that's our general email, and we definitely have people that are tra tracking that all the time, and we're happy to help um, anybody with their submission uh, questions if you have any of those. Um, so, yeah, it's December 10th, but I would definitely encourage you to put your submission in. Um, maybe by December 8th would be good, just to make sure that they get in in, in time. Uh, Debbie, thank you so much for – Debbie, thank you so much for being for being on here uh, and talking, talking about this competition. Yeah, thank to seeing you. The results. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, every round has been exciting to see who's submitting, and um, we would love to see a bunch of new ideas for round three. And so please, everybody, check out round three um, at AmericanMadeChallenges.org. And then, of course, there's other challenges, like I mentioned there. So if you're interested in um, water or battery recycling, um, there's other challenges um, that you can apply to as well. And Aaron, thanks for being on. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving break. 
that happened in the past because like I said, today is December 2nd. Thank you, Dylan. I actually, before we go into the outro, I'm going to make you both play a quick game I just made up off the top of my head. So we're, we're, we're putting this out after Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving has already passed. But I'm going to ask each of you five questions, rapid fire questions around Thanksgiving, and you have to answer them, okay? How does it sound? <laughs> okay. I love games. Uh, One sorry. question, Debbie will answer first, and then Dylan, you can answer. How does that sound? Let's do it. Sure. Okay, Debbie, turkey or ham? Turkey. Yeah, turkey for thanks. Yeah, turkey for Thanksgiving, ham for Christmas, a crab for Christmas. This is just just Thanksgiving, going okay. Turkey and turkey, cranberry sauce or no cranberry sauce? Uh, I say you have to have cranberry sauce, although I'm not a huge fan of it. <laughs> so okay. I just have a little. I just have a little dollop. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a big cranberry sauce guy, but uh, I'm not a purist. I can, when it comes to homemade versus canned, I can I can handle both. I like them both. Ah, okay. Stuffing or no stuffing? Stuffing for sure. Stuffing, stuffing for sure. Uh, the trick is you need to, if you have the time and budget for this, is you need to get get a separate smaller bird that you use for stuffing. Because if you put the stuffing in your main bird, you're gonna dry it out. Oh, very, very helpful, Dylan. And then you can um, use the second favorite... bird for leftovers. <laughs> Thanksgiving leftovers are just as important as the Thanksgiving meal. That's the truth. Um, favorite casserole. Ooh, good one. Uh, I like the the very traditional green bean casserole with the crispy onions on top. Oh yes, yes, that is one of my favorite as well. Dylan. I mean, that's a that's a that's a staple. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you count the like? Do you count the baked sweet potatoes with the marshmallows on top as a casserole? Because I would go with that. Yeah, uh, too. Absolutely. Okay, last one. Favorite pie? Mm, pumpkin for sure for Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna snap pick the pumpkin as well. It's the it's the best pie period. Well, I I will have to contest. My mother makes this. It's we call it chocolate pecan pie. It is one of it's Ooh. a very delicious pie. So that's actually my favorite Thanksgiving pie. But thank you both for playing my quick. Thanksgiving game. Thanks, that was fun. And your mom, your mom's pie sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, I would love to try your mom's chocolate pecan pie. Maybe I'll have to send some up to, to Spokane and, and Golden for you guys to vote. That, was, that would be bit. great. <laughs> yes, please. Well, thank you very much for that game, Aaron. It was uh, it was uh, something very much to get me into the spirit to gorge my face off in, in the next couple of days. Coming up, my interviews with some of the round one winners. I'm joined now by Bill Nussie. He is the CEO and co-founder at Solar Inventions, uh, one of the winners of round one at the American Made Solar Prize. Uh, Bill, thank you for joining me. Oh, I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to have you. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Solar Inventions? You bet. So we are a uh, we're based in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, and uh, we, the company was built on some of the breakthrough science, uh, photovoltaic science of uh, my co-founder, uh, Dr. Ben Damiani, who's been in the solar space for decades, and his inventions and his science has actually um, has, has been perpetuated throughout the entire industry. A lot of his ideas and um, work has influenced the industry as a whole. And he had some a new set of ideas uh, on a new area for improving the um, characteristics, including power and energy from solar that we uh, early on ran some tests in the lab. We're tickled to see the test perform so well. So we are in the process of commercializing those uh, techniques and technologies uh, to hopefully uh, bring a new kind of solar, uh, a new way to make solar better uh, to the whole world. What? Why did you want to participate in the American-Made Solar Prize? What were you hoping to get out of it? We first looked at government grants in general, and or the government's role in R&D, which is pretty awesome, I have to say. But it it's really not equipped for small companies. It requires a huge amount of administrative overhead. And so, generally speaking, we weren't inclined to go down that route, even though we have ties to 
uh, Georgia Tech and University of North Carolina at Charlotte and University of Arizona. Uh, or Arizona, yeah. So, um, but what we learned about from this particular thing, this particular prize, was that it was it was completely different. It required a much lighter degree of overhead. It was it was a prize rather than a grant, which at the time I didn't appreciate what a difference that was. Uh, but it was lightweight, so it's something we could apply for um, and do within a few days worth of work, maybe a week's worth of work, rather than months. And the criteria for winning seemed way more um, aligned with what we wanted to do with the startup, which is to make a commercial, a commercially viable product that we can sell broadly into the market um, versus proving out some science, which is my perspective on what a lot of the government R&D funding uh, tends to look at. So it really fit what we were looking to do as a startup. Uh, and honestly, we were skeptical. It just seemed a little too good to be true that the U.S. government would do something that uh, was so aligned with what we were looking to do. But sure enough, that's the program they've created. And I've since learned it's the first time they've tried it. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll all look back and consider it a huge success. I'm excited they're continuing it with a few more rounds. And I think um, the impact will be will be felt, positive impact will be felt for decades, not just the companies, but for the country. Yeah. So uh, what was the what was the process like? What uh... What did participating? What did the actual act of participation uh, do for you in terms of uh, furthering your overall goals? I have to tell you, as we were starting to fill out the um, uh, the questions we had to answer, uh, and there's a 2,500 word submission uh, required, we were not as aligned as the the three partners as I thought we were. As we really had to dig in on the questions, which were thoughtful um, in that uh, submission package, uh, it turns out we hadn't work through all of the assumptions. Um, so by going through the process, by filling that document out, creating that 2,500 word um, submission, we really refined uh, and, and cleaned up our, our business plan, to be honest with you. Um, now, my, one of my partners and I have done startups our whole lives, and this, this is you know, number six or seven, depending on how I count, but this was a real catalyst for us to get more clear on what exactly our value proposition was. And I think we were probably a little guilty of uh, a bit too focused on making the science work uh, in a commercial way and probably a little less focused on how do we maximize the commercial impact of this. And the, the solar prize process pushed us in that direction towards commercial success, maybe even more than we would have done on our own as we were very focused on the science of that when we first encountered the prize. Yeah, and uh, Enril said that they're really focused on uh, on, bu- on building a network of uh, sol- solar innovators and labs. So, uh, do you do you see any uh, potent like any future potential for uh, breaking in for well, I shouldn't say breaking into? Do you see any future future potential for your company having been like unlocked through being becoming a part of this network? It's already happening, and one of the things that um, I would have never looked at because I wouldn't have known to was that the U.S. national labs are not only available, but they're actually as individuals excited to work with companies like ours. It just wouldn't have occurred to me. And uh, I would have assumed knocking on the door would have been a bureaucratic nightmare. And in fact, it's my experience has been quite the opposite, maybe because of the solar prize and the red carpet it gets us into the national labs. But regardless of the reason, um, we are able to raise our game as a startup tremendously uh, by in using the vast resources, the vast solar resources of the national labs, uh, Sandia and Enrel particularly, to, um, to fine tune and test our product in a way that we couldn't do practically ourselves or really in the U.S. any other way. Uh, we wouldn't have tried and um, uh, we wouldn't have known how. And thanks to the prize, we may not have had the money, but the prize gives us the money to make that very feasible. So it's that part of the network from the solar prize was a game changer for us. I think there's other connectors available in the solar prize program that we we didn't need to take advantage of as much as some others, some of the other competitors, partially because my one of my partners and I have started several companies and have a pretty good network of the basic blocking and tackling. Uh, services of getting a company started, but for people, for startups that don't have that network, uh, I think the uh, broader connectors within the solar prize would be uh, an equally large game changer for them too. Yeah, obviously the 
the so the solar uh, environment in the U.S. right now is is very uh, fluid, uh, tumultuous, uh, and <laughs> difficult to navigate. Uh, I, I do think that this kind of uh, that that this kind of networking and these prizes can 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 be a useful avenue for helping startups navigate navigate that space. Uh, thinking of people that you know might be interested in getting involved in this sort of thing, what are what are some solutions in this space right now that you, you you'd be really excited to to hear about or look into? When I think about the areas that are most exciting about the solar space, and I've been a professional investor at points in my career, so it's something I'm used to. The lens I'm I'm comfortable with. The parts that I get excited about, I, I think first is power electronics. This is an understated um, component of solar, wind, electric vehicles. Uh, but the ability to control, distribute um, electricity, um, I think, has got tremendous um, uh, opportunities in front of it, both in the physical sciences of making better chips, better transistors, uh, uh, things like that, um, but also uh, just in terms of the broad systems and control and fine-tuning um, how electricity is moved around, whether it's a solar panel, sorry, solar panel in your house or a wind farm into um, uh, into the grid or whatever. I think there's huge opportunities there. Uh, I think one of the biggest areas um, is also in, is, uh, in batteries, um, which complement solar. Obviously, uh, most people are aware that solar only works at certain points during the day, and last I checked, rarely works at night. And so you have to have a way to have the solar work 24-7, and batteries are the key to unlocking that. So I think it's another area that may not fall under the solar prize, uh, although I, I think last the second round they had a winner who's focused on battery optimization because it's such an integral part of solar being the solution that it can be. And, and then I, the other thing that amazes me about solar, and I tell people outside the industry, is that there's just so much basic blocking and tackling left, uh, left in front of us. Just the way in which we attach solar to a roof or the way in which we – clean a panel in a giant field this is just these things are just starting and if you're from another industry i'm from software uh you're kind of used to a space where everyone is uh optimized every last millimeter of every opportunity and you know someone with a better brush could probably have a successful startup cleaning solar panels there's that much uh wild wild west open territory in terms of innovation available um it does have the downsides which is why the solar prize is so important because Customers are risk averse. Um, these projects have to last for 20 years rather than just until you release your next version of the software. And so they're reluctant to try new things that might put that 20 year promise at risk. But there's tons of space where companies can come in and um, create innovative value that doesn't necessarily cause solar owners or solar installers to feel like it's a risk uh, that improves the entire value chain so much. Like, um, just picking up gems on the, on the on the from the floor. It's just so much interesting stuff going on. Again, from uh, I think the other area. One last thought. One the last area that's interesting to me, that's just completely untapped, is operations and maintenance. Which is we spent so much time as a country and as a world building out gigawatts of solar arrays, solar farms. Uh, very little thought and innovation has occurred in the area of making sure those continue to run and uh, diagnosing them when they break, uh, predicting when they might break, and optimizing them so they produce a few percentage points more power. But over the course of 10 to 20 years, um, that's, you know, that's a few more points of profit. And uh, that's, a, that's a game changer for the people that own these businesses, so own these, uh, these arrays. One last question for you, Bill. Let's say I'm, let's say I'm a startup tra- thinking about getting in, a, getting in around three. Uh, I've got a got something I'm ready to pitch. I'm in it to win it. What's your advice? I've talked to a lot of people that are skeptical that it's worth the time. And literally, they don't understand that there are no strings attached to this money. Now, obviously, the government and the rest of the country and taxpayers hope dearly that they invest their winnings towards the success of the company. But there isn't follow-up from government accountants. There aren't contracts that commit you to certain courses of action this is actually the, the most flexible money uh, uh, energy tech, solar tech startup could possibly get. It's more flexible than venture capital by a lot. And people just, just don't believe it. So if I could get one message across, it's that this is unlike any kind of funding people have seen. If, if, if it's only $20,000 or $50,000 up front, um, 
it's still the least entangled money you're ever going to get as an energy tech or solar tech startup. But if they're committed to it, to your question, and they want to really play to win, one of the things I've, I've learned through this process and having talked to many of the winners is that the judges are, are, are somewhat random and very human. And it's, you know, we were surprised to learn that as a solar science company, that we just assumed the other competitors were going to be solar scientists and but that wasn't the case at all. There was a, people who were putting up uh, uh, ways to make solar panels stick to a roof or um, people that were doing um, inverters. And so they all had completely different value propositions, completely different target audiences. Uh, and some of them were not terribly science at all. And so the solar prize folks have, have a very large challenge to find judges that can look at all of those uh, with, equal, with equal quality and depth. And that's, that's impossible. So one of the things that I would probably do differently would be to realize that um, the specialization that's necessary for my company to be successful, and we're making tremendous progress towards it, isn't something that any reasonable set of judges will really have, be able to get their head around. Um, so what we, we ended up doing was, in the second round, really changing our message uh, to be more general, to more general audience. Someone who understood solar, obviously, but not in the weeds of the photons and electrons, which is what we've been talking about before. Uh, and we also, um, I think, focus more on how we're going to get the science done. And as we went through the process, we focused much more on um, the benefit uh, when the science was commercial. Um, and I think that, that really changed our game. I wish we had known that from the beginning, and I would share that with anybody. Uh, to focus on the, the commercial impact um, and, uh, and to realize that the judges are unlikely to be deep specialists if their proposed um, project is something that's very technical. Well, Bill, thank you for, for those insights and thank you for coming on the show and uh, talking with us about this today. Oh, well, really my pleasure. I'm a big fan of the prize and honestly, had we not won, I would have been very disappointed obviously, but um, <laughs> I think would have been well worth our time because it did have, it was a forcing function for us to uh, really get our value proposition and our go-to-market plan more clear. And we said to ourselves that after the first uh, phase, after the, in our case, it was $50,000, split uh, uh, the 20 companies got $50,000. That money probably was worth as much to us at that stage as the larger prize was ultimately because it, was a, it gave us credibility and confidence uh, on something that was really embryonic at that stage. So I think, whether we had won the big prize or not, I think uh, it was absolutely worth our time to go through this process. And I would encourage anybody who's building a company to think hard about this. Um, and even if they don't get the, the big check, um, the smaller checks in terms of credibility, uh, flexibility, uh, and fine tuning the business are probably worth it. So I'm here with Ethan Good. He is one, one of the principals at Phase 3 Photovoltaics, Inc., which was one of the winners of round one of the, of the Solar Prize. Thanks for being on, Ethan. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. I, I'm just curious. Uh, tell, me, tell us a little bit about uh, what, what your company does and what, your, and, and what won you the, the prize. Um, so Phase 3 Photovoltaics is a company that's uh, started with the, the sole purpose of getting residential solar installations to low and middle income Americans. We kind of took a look at different ways of doing this, and the one that we thought resonated the both with being a sustainable business and at the same time reaching a pretty wide target audience was installing solar systems on manufactured houses as they're being built in the factory instead of putting them on once the home is delivered and on site. So uh, why did you want to participate in this competition? What, what were you hoping to get out of it? Um, this competition sort of catalyzed us to sort of get the business moving a little bit faster. Uh, the other principals and I were sort of discussing how to go about talking to various home manufacturers, talking to various distributors and various um, solar component manufacturers to be able to put together these kits and um, it was a little bit of a nebulous sort of concept of how to go about getting started. The contest was extremely valuable for us because it sort of gave us a series of checkpoints that we had to hit as a function of time. So that sort of 
codified our thinking and kind of focused us a little bit on being able to get the business moving a little bit quicker down that um, sort of development track. Expound upon that a little bit. What do, uh, what are the what are these checkpoints you're talking about, and what what was the inefficiency that that fixed? Yeah, the the contest is very succinctly broken up into three categories. You guys might be very well aware of it by now, but it's um, the the ready phase focuses sort of you on making sure the idea is a good idea to start a business upon. And what they do is they force you to do a little bit of market research. They force you to kind of clarify your idea and put it into a pitch that somewhat fits within like a 90 second video. And that's sort of your elevator pitch that you need to run with. And that helped us sort of streamline our message a bit and helped us start to get uh, some keywords put together that we can really hit on in our messaging. Um, the second phase of the contest um, is called set, and that um, portion is mostly focused on getting you to put together a proof of concept system. Um, like whatever your idea is, it's designed to get you to um, demonstrate the positive attributes of whatever you're proposing, and at the same time start to identify some potential risks or barriers or some challenges along the way. And so that set phase of the competition was pretty helpful for us to be able, we built a prototype manufactured home, we put a solar install, uh, solar system on it, and we started doing some tests, especially in this area that a lot of our customers or potential customers were concerned about, and that is transporting a fully assembled solar system on top of the roof of a house as it moves down the highway on a manufactured home segment. So that portion of the contest really enabled us to uh, be able to put sensors on that solar system to be able to measure like uh, various acceleration parameters, various forces that are subjected to that system, particularly the wind loading and the vibrational loading of going down the highway at 70 miles an hour on a truck. And that sort of phase of the contest really brought data into our presentations to our customers and that gave us a lot of credibility and I, we were fortunate enough to win the contest. When we moved on to the go phase of the contest, the third and final phase, that one was mostly focused on developing a pilot process. Like not just doing it once, but doing it multiple times and showing that it can be repeated. By doing that, like it helps you quantify the cost much more accurately than just doing a, a spreadsheet calculation. This puts you in the position to do real world cost assessments using purchase orders, using interactions with your vendors and your customers and being able to calculate both cost and field level performance of your idea. That helped us out quite a bit because it started to, again, build us the credibility with the, the community. And at the same time, we identified a ton of problems that we didn't even think of when we first got started. And so the whole contest process of flowing through conceptualization to proof of concept to pilot really sort of springboarded us into the marketplace. Yeah, and uh, so that, that, that's interesting, a lot of the you know, not the non-monetary value got on that, uh, kind of thinking more into that. Uh, what, it, what, what is, what did working with sort of the labs, getting to communicate with the labs, wh how do, what is, wh what value do you get out of, out of that as a, as a business? Yeah, the contest is structured in uh, such a way that you interact with what they call connectors and power connectors. And in addition to the national lab system, the, the department of energy, the, um, the connectors were a lot of, um, small business coaches, a lot of, uh, startup uh, veterans and a, a number of venture capital firms. And what that helps you do is start to put together the business in a way that it'll be palatable later on. Um, if you choose to kind of start to get it uh, incorporated into that world of startups and or corporate acquisitions. And so it was pretty helpful from them to see what is it that this group of people looked at? What do they look for? What are some common pitfalls that startup companies tend to fall into and how you can go about avoiding them? And so that part on the business side was actually kind of very valuable for us because our series of principles are a series, are, are a bunch of scientists and engineers, and we weren't as familiar working in that space as maybe some other people in the business domain. So it, the, that coaching and that mentorship that we received from those connectors was quite helpful. On the laboratory side, we partnered with Sandia National Laboratories and uh, the National Renewable Energy Laboratory. At Sandia, we were doing... <clears throat> Finite, anal finite element analysis simulations 
of the structural loading patterns of the solar array as they are moving down the road on this manufactured home segment. Um, it's never really been done before by anybody else, so it was kind of an interesting problem to tackle. Um, we did a lot of the mathematical simulations and embedded them against various experiments we were conducting, and then we moved into the lab and did other uh, sort of experiments that we're still in the process of doing where we're moving it into wind tunnels and on vibration tables and being able to check and see if the modifications that we've made to our solar kits are going to be something that the industry can take great confidence in. One of the concerns is that most of the, the racking and mounting components that exist today were designed with this concept of putting it on the house and the house is stationary and it's done after the roofing materials have been installed. We're kind of turning that up on its end a little bit with our concept and that we're putting the solar system components on the house as it's being built in a factory setting. And because of that, we, we've kind of gone through and we've redesigned various different footers for the racks and mountain systems. The rack and mountain system itself is much more flexible and adjustable than the, the current ones. And those modifications to those components need to be tested and, and verified that they are indeed able to last the entire warranty period of the solar array. And so the national labs have been very helpful to us in constructing those experiments and executing them, taking a look at the data and seeing if there is in fact a way we could do it slightly better than it's done today. What kind of what kind of business, what kind of enterprise do you think would most benefit from this process, leaving the prize money aside? Um, I think uh, small businesses or innovators that are looking to start small businesses that have good ideas in the renewable energy space that are having at least a little bit of a difficult time talking to some of the bigger players. Um, what tends to happen, at least um, in our small community here in residential solar, is that the big people are very busy and the big people tend to want to continue to do things the way they've been doing them for several, several you know, years, if not a couple decades. And the problem with that mode of operation is it tends to neglect certain segments of the market that are either considered not profitable or, or more diffuse and more difficult to reach. And the reason that, um, that that happens is because they've sort of engineered a process and they don't want to modify that process. Innovators, I think, are always sort of pushing back on those established processes. And we're saying, I think it could be done differently and I would like to give it a try. And it's kind of tough to slot yourself in there or break in against somebody who has something already well-established and the incumbent technology is running very nicely and it's not easy. And so this contest, I think, enables people that are creative. It enables people that really crave solutions to existing problems and it helps kind of come up with new ideas. And the contest gives you a little bit of a small pond in which you can work on your idea and start to cultivate some information and feedback and data that you can then start to refine it and make it better. So at some point in time in the future, you are able to very succinctly and adequately approach the bigger people and say, this is my plan. It's been working. What do you think? So say I, I'm, a, I'm a startup. I've, I've decided that I want to do this. I'm applying for round, for round three. Uh, what would your advice be to me uh, to for my for my presentations to be able to to be able to get that cash prize I, i'm in it to win it and you've clear you've clearly gone and done it yourself so uh yeah what would your advice be to someone who's trying to trying to stand out and and win win the round i don't know if i have any like clear strategy to win we to be honest fumbled our way through it the whole time the contest was relatively a new um you know platform within uh, the Department of Energy, and so I think the contrast administrators were struggling at how to go about running the contest. We were struggling to go how about how to comply or how to participate in the contest. And so one of the things that I think that helped us be successful is that we were just extremely flexible with the entire process, with the people involved, and we kept our uh, clients or customers in the loop of what we were doing and kind of help them see that this would be valuable for both them and us if we worked with this contest. And um, that seemed to help us in the sense that like the, the deliverables for the contest, because we were the first round, were sort of changing uh, here and there. And we just, we rolled with it. And uh, also we worked with our customers to, to 
tell them what the value is in it for them. Um, for example, um, we, we use the contest winnings to do a lot of the experiments that address the questions that our customers were asking us. And so because we sort of framed it that way when we were having meetings with them, they were very supportive to us and they were very helpful in our application to the contest. So uh, the advice, I guess, would be be flexible, uh, get some good partners and keep them informed and be creative. You can find our research and media at etsinsights.com. You can find us on social media at DY Lockwood, at Aaron Hardick, at Z underscore research. And my name is Dylan, and we'll see you all next time.